0: Hello out there to our millions of fans all over the world. It's your old pal Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. We wanted to just stop by here quick to let everybody know that due to a personal emergency, the doc will be unavailable for the next couple of weeks to do some recording sessions with your old pal here University of Pleasure but wanted to make sure that everybody here at the University of Pleasure sends love the Doc's way. I know she could use it and uh, wanted to just let you know that we're doing a couple of throwback episodes in the midterms. Kind of like, you know, TV, you know, and all of a sudden it was like, well, I guess it's a season hiatus. We do reruns in the classic TV sense, I guess you might say. Uh, Don't forget, a couple of announcements. Check out the Amy book by Autumn Karen and myself getting great feedback. People seem to really enjoy it, so we're grateful for those out there who are taking some time and listen to a female empowerment erotica novel, which again, I tell you, comes from truly the genius of my writing partner, Autumn Karen. She's utterly brilliant. And of course, this week, this Thursday, a brand new episode of Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit. It's going to be a good one. They got a good guest. It's really, really great stuff, so don't forget to check that out in the meantime. And as always, be kind to one another and uh, take care of each other as best we can. So, now that all the announcements are done, announcements about announcements, here is your throwback episode. This episode harks all the way back. That was my DJ voice, by the way. All the way back to Season 1, Episode 2. Are you crazy? The doc and I were in the same room. (laughs) Madness, absolute madness. This is condom sense. I feel like Casey Kasem here. It's like, Casey Kasem, top 40. This is one that was a number one hit. And anyway, the point is, here you go, your throwback episode. Episode two from season one, condom sense. Talk to you all soon and take care.
1: Welcome to the University of Pleasure,
0: where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation.
1: I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist.
0: And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. <laughs> Why does my intro always make you laugh, Doc? I don't
1: know, it's so stupid. <laughs>
0: In a good way. In a good way. It's just
1: accurate. It's (laughs) stupidly accurate.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I thank you very much. (laughs) Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the University of Pleasure, to episode two. So today, Doc, yeah, we are going to be talking about condom sense, rules of etiquette, and strategies for success. By the way, I love condom sense, like common sense. Condom con- sense, yeah.
1: That was the joke.
0: You are very funny. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> I'm a master of the pun. So first and foremost, using condoms, uh, no glove, no love, people. It doesn't matter whether you're a gay man, a straight man, If you have a penis, please use a condom, please. Because this is something we were talking about off air as I like lean into the microphone. Um, <laughs> you know, you were saying that you were running into like almost a, a new generation of people who were feeling that, you know, their condom use really wasn't as necessary as it.
1: Yeah, just or yeah, and and again, this is probably more anecdotal, right? This is more. I work with some teenagers, and I work with a lot of young adults. And one of the things that I've been finding in my practice is, um, yeah, just looser attitudes towards condom use and just safer sex practices in general. Just a lot less concern about STIs, uh, which I find a little bit concerning.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it it is concerning because I mean, listen, some of those things out there, guys, and we don't want to get all, you know, eighth grade health class on here, but they're still out there. STIs still exist, and yeah. you know, some of them are getting even resistant to antibiotics and all kinds of crazy things. So basically, what we're saying is, you know,
1: do your do your part, and I don't mean to say that there are not plenty of really responsible people in younger absolutely. younger generations using. Uh, very safe sex practices and being very conscious and very mindful. Yeah. But I do think that there maybe probably with um, the AIDS crisis no longer being seen as a major public health issue, that there has just been a little bit of a lessening um, of urgency around that and attitudes of younger people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And And basically, you know, we want to find a way to and I have to say and make sure I want to make sure I say this correctly because you coined this phrase and I thought it was brilliant. Self care is sexy. And I just think that is absolutely brilliant, Doc, because it's true. Like if somebody came and they were like, you know, I'm not into condoms, you know, because of what I just, you know, to me, I wouldn't think that that was a very sexy thing. I think it's much sexier that somebody's like, no, I respect you and I respect your body as well as mine. And self care is a sexy thing.
1: Yeah. And I would say that, like, today we're talking about condom use, right? But I would say that's true of any kind of really safer sex practice, right? Like, if it's clear that you're taking care of your body and you're thoughtful and interested in taking care of other people's bodies, like, that is absolutely a sexy thing.
0: Absolutely. So self-care is sexy, hashtag self-care is sexy. (laughs) Thank you, Doc. You're welcome. So we want to get into the sexier aspect of condoms and kind of uh, go through it because that was, again, our topic full circle. Condom sense. Rules of etiquette and strategies for success. Hit me, Doc.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess if we're talking rules of etiquette, one of my first rules would be be prepared. All right? It's concerning when somebody shows up to a date or a sexual encounter without a condom.
0: Uh Agreed.
1: And I would say that this is true. Like, if anyone in the sexual interaction has a penis, I think both parties or all parties, I don't really care how many parties there Mm -hmm. are in this sexual Mm -hmm. interaction, everyone should have condoms. If there's going to be a penis somewhere, there should be condoms.
0: Agreed wholeheartedly. So picking the right condom then maybe have something to do with it?
1: Yeah. I absolutely think that a good strategy for success is getting to know different condom brands, trying them out, and picking ones that are right for you. So this is some advice that I give to um, people that I work with often, and it might seem really silly or really strange, but I often talk to uh, men about pick a couple different condom brands, go home, start masturbating with them. (laughs) Figure out which ones feel good, practice putting them on, taking them off, right, because that moment of pause of... Putting them on can be a very anxiety-provoking moment. We'll talk a little bit later about how sometimes that can actually create some problems for some people. Right. Um, But I I think it's a really useful thing to do. And also then you kind of just have a – it's not something that you're trying to navigate in the moment. You have a good sense. Like this is the type of brand or types of brands that I use.
0: Absolutely. Right. Uh, And I have to say, having tried many different brands – the two types that I think, I mean, and, and I also want your input here, Doc, because yeah. um, because I think having the right brand is also important for the woman. I mean, would you not agree? I mean.
1: Yeah. I mean, I say, like, picking a brand that's right for you, but that doesn't also mean you aren't going to have to negotiate that with a partner down the line, right? But it's still good if you don't have any other info, right, to go <laughs> in with <that.
0: laughs> Yeah, to go in being prepared either way. But if you have a long-term partner, you find out what she may like. Or he he may like, because, Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you just you really don't know unless you ask. And I think it's an important thing because somebody might not like ribbed. You know, they might not like extra lube or spermicidal lubricant might hurt them, which also leads me to one of my favorite brands, which is Lifestyles. um, Actual non. uh, What do you call it? Latex. Uh, latex. Thank you. That's why you're the doc. Um, But, you know, a non latex condom I have found is a really wonderful brand. both because of the feel and also because some people really are allergic and it can cause severe problems. So that's one that I have felt is really, really great. And then you had mentioned one that was excellent as well, which was uh, crown. Yeah, I
1: mean, this this is just based on, like, uh, I had heard good reputation crown condoms, right? Right. Crown condoms are one that I've had a lot of people – seems to fit a lot of sizes – Seems to be one that's pretty good in terms of sensitivity. Doesn't rip easily. Um, I mean, this is all based. I talk to a lot of people about sex, so I get to gather a lot of information. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think like having a couple, and I do think having one, you brought up a super good point. I think having one that's not not latex Mm. can be helpful as well.
0: And again... You're welcome, world.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I do think down the line, be prepared. You might have to adjust that. But even just to help you... It's just one less layer of anxiety to take away in a sexual interaction, especially with a new person, right? And so if you've got a good sense of what kind of condoms you like, that can help you feel a little bit more successful.
0: And I have to also say to chime back into something you said earlier, which was practicing with them. All right, guys. Men that are out there. You have a penis. You have trouble with these condoms. You have to listen to the doc on this one. Practice. Practice. We talked about this in our first episode. You may not be great at something unless you practice. So practice with these condoms. And I'll tell you right now, cleanups a lot easier, less dirty laundry to do unless you're somebody who is a Kleenex person. And then it's still less things that need to be thrown out. You're helping the environment and so on and so forth. So get to practicing. Get those condoms easier cleanup and you'll get used to them better. So you have a better sexual experience in the moment. You won't be, you know. And yeah. we'll talk more about that a little
1: right. bit. Right. Well, and you also, if you practice with them, you can learn what feels more pleasurable with a condom on, right? So with one on versus not one with on can be different experiences, and that throws people. And so it's also just like adjustment. Yeah. Like doing it just to, like, practice a little bit adjustment around some different environments, right? Some different <laughs> sets of circumstances. <laughs> totally. So it seems like silly advice, but it's advice I give to a lot of people, and people that actually follow through on it will often come back and be like, that was super helpful. <laughs> Actually, if they follow through, right? If I tell someone to do it and they don't do it, then it doesn't really work. Can't matter help anything.
0: you there. Yeah. Can't help you there. You didn't do the homework.
1: I can't. I can't From the, the University for of
0: Pleasure, you. we can't help you. Yeah. Got can't to do the you. homework, got to practice. Okay. So when we come back, the doc is going to give a little bit more condom advice in a different way. So please stay tuned. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. The Doc was giving some amazing condom advice earlier, and part two of our condom episode is Midlife Condom Crisis, The Tricky Cocktail of Age, Erectile Dysfunction, and Condom Use. All right, Doc, slam us with some knowledge.
1: Okay. So this is something newer that people have been talking to me about, and... It's just sort of an interesting thing that keeps coming coming up, right? So this is probably both personally and professionally. I've had a lot of people, men and women, or just people, coming and speaking with me about men, in particularly kind of in their thirties and forties, um, having a lot of erectile dysfunction when they have to use condoms.
0: Which I don't, I don't understand that. So, it, it confuses me because I've always like. Uh... Now, it just could be because I am who I am and everybody's different. But I was like, condoms were like, yeah, man, I'm about to get laid. Like, and, and like getting one on was like, I'm about to make this happen. And it was an exciting thing. And, to hear you tell me this that this is something that you have run into reason I was I was I'm shocked by it even yeah. now I'm still like I can't wrap my head around this like what is happening is it like an epidemic like what is Yeah it?
1: I don't know I don't think it's uh I don't think it's certainly not every man in his 30s and 40s but I think that there's a few things going on so Keep in mind, most of these things are being told to me um, when people are talking about, like, first-time sexual interactions, right? So uh, first-time or, like, early-in-relationship sexual interactions. And these reports are coming from men who are experiencing it and people who are being sexual with men who are experiencing it, right? So men and women. So I think it might be about sort of a cocktail of things, all right? That's the cocktail part. I'm going to talk about it, okay? So in general, uh, as men age... Erectile functioning. I'm
0: sorry. You're going to have to start again because that was hilarious. It just hit me that that was its own pun. And cocktail. I almost said you were like, cocktail. And yeah. I was like, but I was just too slow in the uptake. Everyone, <laughs> Doc, is a comedian. Thank you very much, Doc. Okay. Please continue. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Cocktail okay. waka, waka. Um, So <laughs>
0: She's so unimpressed with I'm my not. jokes sometimes.
1: <laughs> I wasn't impressed with that one. Um, but in general, let's get back to it. Yes. In general, as we age, right? our bodies just become less reliable in general. They become less reliable. And this particularly happens around erectile functioning and men. And as people start to get into their mid-30s, 40s, right, the reliability of an erection is probably not going to be the same as it was when they were 18, all right? Age impacts us all, right, in different ways. And so in general, somebody might be struggling just because of age with some newer experiences around like, hey, I'm super used to my penis working all the time and no, now suddenly doesn't work And so all the time.
0: They, they just kind of, you think they're just kind of as part of this cocktail, I think, you, they're going to basically blame the condom. Like that's what you're, that's part of it.
1: Well, I don't know that I'd be that harsh and say blame the condom, right? But, so like, let's think of the cocktail here, right, is you got a new sexual interaction, right? If you got an early, like a with a newer partner, you got a sexual interaction where it's kind of someone's first time being sexual. That's always a little bit more anxiety provoking than being sexual with someone that you've been sexual with many times, right? It's exciting, but it's also a little bit more anxiety provoking for most people. Sure, sure. So you got a little bit of heightened anxiety. You've got maybe a little bit of an age issue in that it might be the first time that somebody's really starting to have some struggles and reliability with erections. And then you have this, another, this other thing, right, where if somebody is maybe dating in their 30s and 40s, there's a higher likelihood that they've maybe been coming out of a longer-term relationship, so maybe a marriage or a long-term relationship, in which they weren't using condoms for a very long period of time, right? In okay. And if you if you pair these things together, a little bit of anxiety about maybe a newer sec like a, a sexual experience with a newer partner,
0: you're older, you're, you're getting older, aren't coming as frequently as they used, used to,
1: and you haven't been using condoms with frequency for a really long period of time. You put all those things together, and those this is my theory. It's just a theory, okay? But my theory is that if you put all those things together, that might create sort of the perfect cocktail for then somebody getting a little bit more in their head about an erection. Okay. And focusing more on, and I don't know if people are like consciously blaming them, but seeing condoms as more of the problem.
0: That's part of the problem. Like th- this is happening, putting it all together. I'm in the moment, you know, I put the condom on, I'm losing my erection you know, and I, I would also add into that cocktail the pause
1: right. in
0: I mean, the sexual experience. I mean, is that yes. something? I mean, I've never, I mean, I can honestly say that I have never, I again, I always found that is like the anticipation of let's have, we're about to have fun and it would keep me excited, you know what I mean, to, to take a moment to put a condom on or have a woman lean over and say, do you have any condoms? Like It's like rock and roll, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, you know what I mean? So, but I could see how that may play into the factor of there's a lull. And if you're already having concerns about your erection, th- then that could play a part in this cocktail as well.
1: Yeah. And that that pause is often a very difficult moment, right? Because if you're already having some concerns, right, or a little bit of anxiety about losing your erection, it's going to make that pause seem like, oh, no, what if I lose it when I put this on? And it's that what if, right? right. It's the what if that Kills a boner every time, I'm going to tell you. Amen, oh, right?
0: doc. Oh, Amen. It's, it's the what if. It's
1: the what if, right? So the way to, like, if I, if I want to get a little nerdy about it, right, like the more heightened a person's anxiety is, right? So the more sympathetic nervous system fight or flight response they have engaged, literally, physically, the harder it's going to be to get an erection. All right, and
0: that's a physical manifestation of fight or flight. Is that something that yeah, like so
1: yeah, like so when we're more anxious, we're more in this fight or flight response, right? And our, our brains are sort of like there's more important shit to do, I got it, I got it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like right, and that and that response makes it. Much harder physically. It's not that you can't, but it makes it a lot more difficult to get an erection.
0: Which then ties like the brain to the boner kind of a scenario is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it is a direct brain to boner link, right? So I don't know if it's direct. Don't quote me on that, scientists. But if... If somebody is worrying, the more somebody worries about getting an erection, the more heightened their anxiety is going to become. So the more engaged that sympathetic nervous system is going to become. And then literally now it starts to become very physically difficult to get an erection. So it becomes like the self-fulfilling prophecy.
0: Absolutely. And I think you just show the scientists right there, Doc, brain to boner. Brain to boner. (laughs) Because...
1: Brain the to brain
0: bone. leads to anxiety, which leads the boner. Keep in mind, keep in that, mind that was the, the boner.
1: oversimplification of the sympathetic nervous system and erections. But it is also...
0: Look, Doc, for a guy who likes talking about sex like me, that was some serious genius right there. <laughs> brain to boner.
1: Yeah, Thank brain to boner, right?
0: So when we come back, the doc is going to implant some mind nuggets on... <laughs>
1: Mind nuggets. Looks like Shakespeare. It's ridiculous. <laughs> mind
0: nuggets. That's terrible. The doc is going to implant some mind nuggets and how this might influence partners and in their decision making when we come back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Part three. Well, I guess just this one time, the impact of arousal on decision-making. All right, Doc. What are we talking about when we're talking about decision-making of the partner here?
1: Okay. So, that thing that we were just talking about, right, where let's say you have a scenario in which somebody... And I was speaking more about... This is something that could happen to anybody of any age range, by the way. I'm just saying that I'm hearing more feedback that men in middle age seem to be struggling more with this. But there might be younger adults or older, definitely probably older as well, that are struggling with similar issues. But let's say somebody is in a scenario in which they're saying, hey, I can't use a condom because I really can't get hard when I use a condom, right? Mm -hmm. But they're doing that in the midst of a sexual interaction. Well, now what has happened is now the partner is in a position to decide whether or not they're willing to proceed with sex without a condom. And that is a very interesting thing because what we know and see in research is that people's decision-making tends to change when they're in a state of sexual arousal.
0: I don't know what you're talking about because I always make perfect decisions and have my entire life uh, when it came to women in sexual encounters. So I can't quite say that I truly (laughs) understand. Of course we don't make good (laughs) decisions. We made made horrible decisions. It was like – just this one up or yeah. you know it's
1: yeah this is kind of no duh research to a yeah. lot of people but
0: but but then again it's funny because yes and no and here's what i would say to that yeah it is no research to a certain point but actually when you brought this topic to me and you were like all right i want to talk about the decision making and how our thought process and decision making skills kind of take a bit of a dive when we're, you know, super aroused. I was like, holy cow, like I never thought, like I knew that, but it had never been articulated to me in a sense where I was like, wow, you aren't kidding. Like that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's or, like yeah. the decision making is, it's like, it yeah. goes out the window.
1: No, dot research is the best researcher because, research because it basically is like, you know this is true, but we just need to say out loud that it's
0: that this is real. That this is, this is, a, is like that this, this is, is a, thing. a
1: thing. Or at yeah. least right now research is suggesting it's a thing. Right. Got it. And so it's important because um if you got a scenario like the one I just described, like then a partner is in a position to say, like, hey, like All right. Before I was aroused, right, like earlier in the evening when I was getting ready, I was like, there's no way I'm going to have sex with this person without a condom. Right. But now here I am and I'm in a bed and we're naked and I was it's been kind of hot and I'm turned on and I'm having a good time. And this person is saying that, hey, you know, if you want to have intercourse, right, I can't use a condom for that to happen. Well, now. (laughs) The game changes. The game
0: totally changes.
1: Right? And what we see in research is that people that will, when not aroused, will say, like, yes, I'd always use a condom or, right, like, the safer sex practices and people's, like, sort of um, um, sense of conviction that they would engage in these safer sex practices when aroused actually changes, right? So somebody cannot be aroused and be like, yeah, for sure I would use condoms. And then when aroused, they're like, meh maybe maybe not right and we see that in research that those attitudes change there's also research that suggests people's sort of <laughs> sense of ethics and morals change under states of arousal that's that's a little deeper dive or deeper dive than we're going to go today but just the idea that sometimes we're also not always aware of our own weakness when it comes to how arousal can impact the way that we think and the decisions that we make
0: right which is why i plan to move to Italy where I could kill somebody if I wanted to and get off because of if it was under state of arousal. Isn't that a thing? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Have you ever been to Italy? Come on, Doc.
1: I've been to Italy twice, yeah. but and I it's don't...
0: It's like a, pa- a crime of passion? Isn't that a real thing?
1: I mean, I don't know the law around the crime of passion in Italy. Well, you
0: need to get a book okay. on Italy and
1: crimes I mean, of passion. You're going to have so much angry feedback from Italians no like, way they, they should just... be
0: like no this is awesome you're damn right in Italy it's all good I don't know why that's it was a, like, terrible that was a terrible Italian accent
1: I'm very let's just please apologize to. The I'm sorry to all Italians for
0: my horrible accent but I believe that what I'm saying is true even though I haven't Googled it looked it up or attempted in any way to verify the things mm. that I'm saying and
1: here at the University of Pleasure we really value accurate <laughs> education
0: <laughs> well I, this was a thing I just you know I thought it was a thing and okay maybe it's not I don't know We'll come back to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm a guy that likes talking about sex, and you're the doc. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're actually going to do a part four. We're going to throw a curveball at you. Normally, we do three part pieces, but today it's going to be four.
1: This is crazy.
0: We are I like running say, wild.
1: I like that you say normally we've done one episode. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: normally what it was, because one episode before, it was only three.
1: I mean, that is a very small sample to create a norm out of, but
0: okay. Doc, just roll with me. So, (laughs) in our part four, when we come back, the doc is going to give us some tips on condom usage, how to use condoms in a way that makes it beneficial for both parties involved, and maybe not have the brain-to-boner problems when we come back. And we're back. So we're going to start from the top and work our way through, and the doc is going to give us some helpful tips on condom use, and how we can apply them to the different things that we've talked about throughout this podcast that you can utilize in the real world. This is Doc giving you condom sense. (laughs) So first thing I want to say, Doc, is, um, well, let's not say, but ask, I guess, would be how can picking the right condom, using the condom, Talking about the condom ahead of time help in the scenario that we talked about in the beginning of the podcast where we're concerned about losing our erections or the lull in between, you know, getting ready to have sex and that moment in between. What could we do?
1: Okay. Well, first and foremost, I think that all of those things you just listed actually working together can help. Okay. So when you think about what I said earlier that one of the biggest things that's going to kill a boner is anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So any little layer, even if it's a slice. Right, that you can take away something that might be mildly stressful. Right, like, oh crap, what kind? Like this is a new condom. I've never used this type of condom. Right, like right. that's a like a time. and it's not a huge stressor, but it's a tiny little piece of stress. Right, so if you're prepared, and you know what kind of condoms are in your pockets, and you got a couple options just in case your partner has like latex issues or something, that takes away one slice. Right?
0: And practice right, right. practice we, practice right. with those condoms
1: right and you have practiced with those condoms which is another slice of anxiety because you're like oh hey i let's say it's the person that maybe hasn't been sexual with condoms in a really long time let's say it's that person that was in a committed relationship or some kind of relationship where they were i'll use the phrase fluid uh fluid bound
0: sure right, right?
1: Sure. people are Just for the audience out there, when someone's fluid bound, it means that they're not using condoms or other type of barriers together. But usually because they've been tested and they know both of them are engaging in these safer sex practices. Right. Um, But let's say somebody has been not using condoms or other types of barriers for an extended period of time. And they're like, well, i got to get back on the wagon here and start using these again. Well, taking the time and the space to just practice, like, what does that feel like again? Right. If you wait So the moment that you're putting it on and trying to put your penis in someone to be like, oh, yeah, this feels different.
0: (laughs) Right. Which (laughs) then all of a sudden is like, uh oh,
1: right. Uh, like That's another lot of pressure. Yeah. That's another slice of anxiety. Right. And so even though it might feel really silly to practice, it's a super helpful thing to do because then you've adjusted. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's this idea of the more you can kind of adjust beforehand to a set of circumstances, the better adjusted you will feel when you're in circumstances.
0: Absolutely. And one thing I'd like to add to that, gentlemen, is somebody who has practiced, i got to be honest with you, that the base of the condom, using it in masturbation, not a bad thing at all. Not a bad thing. It's a good tip, Jeremiah. Thank you very much, Doc. You're welcome. I'm a guy who likes to talk about sex. But it's true. I mean, I've used them in that way. I have practiced, you know, taking on advice that you've given. And I have to tell you, honestly, it works in that little, uh, you know, the Rubber band at the bottom there really does uh, and can make
1: yeah, personal it, masturbation
0: it, could be, heightened.
1: It can create a pleasurable sensation, right?
0: And we're all about that. The right. Of
1: Pleasure. It's, it, it can be a pleasurable experience. But part of that is like if somebody, so some people have a lot of attachment to the idea that sex can't feel as good with a condom, right? And I think if you keep that attachment, right, and you keep telling yourself this isn't going to be good, it's not going to feel as good, it's just not going to feel as good. Well, then you do co- sort of create a circumstance and that self-fulfilling prophecy that when you go to have sex with a condom, even if you're not losing your erection, you might be like, oh, wah, 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 this isn't as good of an experience. But if you practice a little bit and you find a way to kind of create a new relationship with condoms where you're like, hey, pal, I like you. You still feel good. You feel really good. Yeah. Right? And you associate that with pleasure and pleasurable experiences, then you're not going to really feel like you've lost anything by having to go back to condoms right. or, you, or use them at all.
0: Right, which goes also into brain-to-boner kind of yeah, things that we were talking about before where, you know, a lot of this is based on your mental state, things that you have preconceived ideas on, I guess you would say. It's like that idea of kind of retraining your mind yeah, to be like, no, this is, hey, buddy, like you were saying, like, this is a great thing. Like, and if you put that into the pleasure zone of your brain and, again, through practice, you know, it's like, all right, maybe that won't be a hang-up later.
1: Right. I think— a great theme of pretty much everything that I will talk about is this idea, and you'll hear me say it 8,000 times, is like this idea of both and. It's both changing what you do, but also changing how you think about it. And you have to do both. And if you don't start to change, like, philosophies and beliefs about some of this stuff, and then back that up with, like, behavioral practice, practicing different things, then you're going to stay stuck
0: exactly where you are. Thank you for that, Doc. And... The other thing I we were talking about on the break here was the idea of partner participation, mm-hmm. maybe helping in that lull because something you know we we've talked about before is you know when you have to stop to put that condom on, and if, whether you're somebody who has not used them in a while or you're somebody who has anxiety of condoms or are worried anxiety wise that the break of okay. You know, because I think it's a beautiful moment when a partner says, you know, go get a gun. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Like, that's a really sexy moment, in my humble opinion. Yeah.
1: I would also say, by the way, just not to interrupt you, but you just reminded me of another good strategy. Have them close by.
0: Close by. Yeah. Don't go across the room.
1: Don't keep them in a safe in your basement. Yeah. Right? With a really complex code. Yeah. Have them hands reach. Hands nearby. reach. Nearby. Be
0: prepared. That's right. And... When it comes to being the partner of somebody who is going to be putting one on, asks to have that done, you know you're getting ready for it, but they can participate. And that yeah. was something you were trying to say to me about that lull moment was having a partner yeah. participate.
1: Yeah. like So I think that partners can do a lot of things, too, to help it feel less um, – help it feel less abrupt, right? Like it's like, okay, we're all like singing and dancing and now silence. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, <clears throat> right, less like a, yeah, like a quick break, right? More of like, okay, so let's say someone's leaning over to grab a condom, you can still be playing with their penis like a hand job or a blow job provided that feels safe given what you've talked about, right? right, right like right. um, you can still be creating stimulation. You can still be dirty talking. You can yeah. still be doing all sorts of things that make it feel like the sexual interaction is still occurring, right? That's right. That, that it's it has not a,
0: a, just a, a clean break, pause. Right. You know, like in tennis, like stop for water. Yeah. Like,
1: like, no, <laughs> the game has continued, and it is, and it looks maybe like this is part of that sexual interaction. It's not a separate thing outside of it. It's a piece of it, right? It yeah. is erotic in and of itself. Yeah, right?
0: and and I would add into that, you know, whether you know partner helping you put the condom yeah. on, whether it's orally or by hand or, you know, talking about it. When she was saying dirty talk, I would say, you know, you're saying things like, you know, hurry up, put that on, baby. I need like something that keeps the ball rolling. I thought that was a really great piece of advice, yeah. Doc, because that's what a lot of guys say. It's like, oh, we got to stop. we got going to put it on, you know. Uh, and I think that that's.
1: It's very, I try really hard to tell people what to do. But in this case, I might say something maybe not to do. Yes. Okay. I try yes. to be positive. Yes. But this one I might just say don't do that. Don't do that. Um one of the things I suggest not doing is being like, "What's taking so long?" Oof. Right? If somebody is like, "I'm impatient, what's taking so?" Long? And sometimes people can do that in a playful way and maybe you can make it hot, but if you can't pull that off, it's oftentimes going to like if someone's already feeling some pressure and they're fumbling and they're hurrying and they're worried they're going to lose their erection, yeah, and then they
0: put it on backwards, they're going to take it off and put it on back on the right way and
1: and you're sitting there saying, What's taking so long, right? That is not going to help.
0: One hundred percent. This is
1: not going to help the scenario. So 100%. maybe don't. Maybe don't. Absolutely. I mean, you are your own people. Do what you want to do. I'm suggesting maybe don't.
0: Yep, I totally agree, wholeheartedly, Doc. Not that I don't, yeah, not that I often don't agree with you, but I, I mean that could be a killer moment because even if you're trying to be playful, and it becomes something where it's like, oh well you know, hurry up. Like, God, what's taking so long? I mean, even me. Look at you,
1: Mr. Slowpoke. Yeah, exactly. It'd be
0: like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa, okay, okay. Um, But if I can. Of course. Like, I meant to say
1: this earlier, and I didn't, and I really want to say it again. So here's the other thing. Even if someone does try to put a condom on and loses their erection, don't treat it like it's the end of the world. Because guess what? If you don't, and maybe you just do something else fun, that erection's probably going to come back. And you can try again. And even if it doesn't, you can probably still do other fun stuff. But I do think that whenever we're talking about anything around erectile dysfunction, this idea that there always needs to be this sort of undercurrent of an even worst case scenario, even if I do lose this erection, that is not the end of the world. Correct. Because, again, the more you what if that, what if, what if, what if, the higher the likelihood is that you're actually going to have that problem.
0: Absolutely. And I have to say, you know, being a man, it's one of the few things where it's a very sensitive subject. Whether a guy is willing to admit that it is or not, it, it truly is. So, whether it's man to man, man to woman, be mindful of your partner in that moment and just move on. It's all good. That's what yeah. I, right? I mean. That's yeah. Just just move on. Be be kind about it. Just <laughs> Don't make be a thing kind. Be kind.
1: On. It's not the end of the world.
0: And so, the last thing we wanted to kind of brush on here, Doc, was as we
1: tie it all together. As
0: we tie it all together in our. Part four, which is so out of the realm of what we normally do. The one time. Thank you very much. It's, (laughs) you know, the impact of arousal in our decision making. And we were talking about, you know, if you're prepared and you are practicing and you are getting used and you have the condoms that you know your partner might like or that you might like and your partner is also participating, this will help you not make bad choices. So elaborate on that a little, Doc.
1: Yeah, I think that, again, being aware of our weaknesses helps us adapt to them, right? We can use our strengths and be like, hmm, my brain is maybe not going to work as well when I'm just super gooey with lust, right? I just have a gooey brain when I'm less full and I'm just not going to be as thoughtful. So let me plan for that. Let me expect that and plan for that. And so a good example would be having a conversation With somebody about condom use before you're in a sexual context right so let's say you met somebody and you're texting back and forth right being more forthright about like hey what are your safer sex practices i use condoms i have an expectation that we use condoms right right and then if someone does have some issues around it they can tell you or they can maybe start practicing (laughs) between now and when you're going to be sexual right but i think the more people try to practice talking about things and big plug for sexual communication right the more people work to communicate about things before they're in a sexual circumstance often then it's easier to be like "Ooh, well i'm having a hard time but we talked about it i know i know we talked about it we can't right like because we made that choice
0: as always doc totally agree (laughs) (laughs) so agreeable
1: jeremiah james (laughs)
0: jeremiah james everyone
1: that knows him (laughs) so agreeable (laughs) so agreeable
0: um, but bringing it all full circle, you know, when we we're back to the very beginning of condom use in general. You know, STDs are out there still, guys. They have not disappeared. So those of you uh, who are in this new age thought process of, you know, it's not a big deal anymore. It really still is. And it really is important to be safe. And truthfully, it's self-care is sexy. Right. And if you're taking care of yourself and you're taking care of your partner, it's a mutual respect. And I just can't get over that saying, I think it's so brilliant. Uh, Self-care is sexy. So please, use condoms. Please take on the things that the doc are saying. They do work. And uh, we look forward to talking more to all of you next Monday on the University of Pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, (laughs) Jeremiah. So tune in next Monday and every Monday after that for the newest episode of the University of Pleasure. Please check us out on social media and like, share, and subscribe. And if you'd like more information, go to our website at www.universityofpleasure.com. Talk to you next week. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me. Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com.